mindfulness mode. You don't even have to have that conversation to change your life and to have the things you want to quote unquote attract it. It all starts with changing who you're being in the world. Hey, Mindful Tribe, my next guest is best known for being a law of attraction expert in the movie and book, The Secret. He's been teaching these principles since 1998. Imagine that. And he's driven by his passion for creative self-expression. He loves to help people decide who they truly want to be and how they want to express themselves. And he's in a brand new movie now called How Thoughts Become Things. I'm so excited to have Bob with me. This is Bob Doyle. So Bob, are you in mindfulness mode today? I try to always be. Is that a good answer? It's a great answer. And by the sound (laughs) of your voice, it sounds like you're in mindfulness mode. We were just talking about your voice and how smooth it is and how great it is to listen to. So that's a cool thing. Well, hold on. I I don't want you to plant the seed that you and I were talking about, like I brought it to the table. You know, I've got this really great voice. Let's talk about that for a minute. (laughs) I just want to be clear that that was not like the opening conversation we had. Okay. Well, you made that clear. That's true. Yeah, I, I think you have a great voice. Yeah, and you you have a radio voice. So you've been in radio a long time. But before we talk about that, what does mindfulness mean to you, Bob? So it's when I knew that you were going to ask me that question, and I was thinking about it, I mean, I, I definitely have an answer, but I want to address kind of what came up for me too, because I think that mindfulness has sort of a vague meaning out there to a lot of people. People could just say mindfulness. Oh, you mean like meditation or you know, or just being present or whatever. And I think the way I like to talk about mindfulness now is, is being aware that you do actually have control over how you make meaning in your life. It's a big, huge part of my message now. It's what I talk about in the How Thoughts Become uh, Things film about our rewiring. I'm speaking a lot about the biology of it. And mindfulness is that ability. It is about being present, yes, and, and all of those other things. but that we do have choice and the, and the choices we make are far reaching and they have huge implications in how, how we experience, experience our lives and what's possible in them. So I'm just trying to kind of point to that these days and what I'm doing out there. Well, you know, everybody knows you from the secret and it's amazing how that, that movie and book is still a phenomenon after all this time. Was there any negative aspect to becoming so well-known from that movie and book? Well, so negative is a interpretation, of course, but um, were there challenging things that occurred? Absolutely. Uh, First of all, because before The Secret came out, I mean, there were lots of people who knew about the law of attraction, the concept of it, but not as many as did after. So when the movie came out, most people who knew about it were already friendly to the ideas. The, the, the first audience were the people on basically the email lists of the people in the film or associated with it. So, of course, it was very well received at first. And, and that was that initial wave out there. Now it came out on DVD and everybody's like, you've got to see this. Well, not everybody's got to see it, but a lot of people got very evangelical about it, right? And it's like, you've got to see this, you need this, whatever. Point is, contrasting point of views started to arise after that because, you know, not everybody was on board with this idea that we're creating our reality or we're attracting our experience. And a lot of people took, you know, what they, what they heard out of it. There, a lot of people thought it was only about money. And we talked about health and relationships and world peace and the whole thing in there. But people just kind of, you know, it's their lens. They see it through their lens. And so my conversation out in the world as a teacher or whatever 
be, changed to just talking to a lot of willing, open minds to now dealing with a lot of objections. And, you know, so it became, I guess, a little less fun, you know, because it was like, it, it just became, it, there was so much backlash in some areas. I mean, I, I was very careful though. I chose like, how deep am I going to go in defending this? Cause that's not what I'm doing this for, you know, to, to, I'm not, I'm not trying to be evangelical about it. If, if someone wants to listen to the conversation, I'm totally willing to talk to them, but I don't need anybody to believe. Me. Well, you know, one of the things you teach is about how we can just make a simple decision and change everything in our life. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that because not everybody grabs that idea either. Yeah, I know. And I, do, I don't think I did either for a long time in terms, I mean, I got it conceptually. Like it starts with a decision and mm -hmm. all of that. Like I get that. But, but recently, you know, where I've been putting my focus is, as I mentioned earlier, our wiring as human beings, how our brain works and the neuropathways and how we learn and how we remember and how we basically create our identity and what is and is not possible for us. And it's all just interpretation. There's no truth to any limits that you put on yourself, except that you have wired yourself to only see things in that way. And we see the differences in wiring between people out in the world, you know, especially now there's so much divisiveness and people and it's showing and, and our wiring is showing up. And the way it looks is that one person cannot understand at all how this other person can possibly have the point of view they have given the situation that they're both looking at. But because of their wiring, they see totally different things. And so it's the same thing when, when, when we make decisions in our lives. Like when we learn that when we decide to do something, that all we have to do is feed ourselves constant thoughts that are in alignment with that decision, that our biology will change. Our brain will get wired a different way. The, the thoughts, the, the, the neural pathways that created thoughts of limitation and we can't do this will literally wither while you grow the other ones. But it starts with that decision as to I'm going to do this and now you have to be consistent. And that is, of course, the hard part. Well, sometimes we get so bogged down as we try to move forward. And, and I know that you help people achieve profound results without, without taking any like huge leaps of faith that would slow that process down. How do you do that? Well, that's why I shifted to the, the biology of this, because for 20 years, I've been teaching vibration and energy and all of that stuff, which, which, you know, I'm totally on board with. Lots of people are on board with it's, it's very fascinating quantum physics, but a lot of people are not on board or they want to be, but they just can't bridge the gap. It's just too invisible. And, and I get that. So I'm realizing that you don't even have to have that conversation to change your life and to have the things you want to quote unquote, attract it. It all starts with changing who you're being in the world, you know? So, and when you understand that there's biology to that and not, it's not just some metaphysical woo woo being that you're literally rewire, you're creating who you're being right now, right now is a result of wiring that was done on autopilot. You weren't aware. You didn't know that you could assess thoughts and decide, hey, is this going to limit me or expand me? You didn't know that, especially in your first years. Now we know we can change it. So it's all good news. So in the movie, How Thoughts Become Things, what is the most Bob Doyle kind of thing that you shared? 
what's really unique to you because there were a number of other teachers on there too. What's the message that you have for your audience that is totally you? Well, we all did talk a little bit about wiring and things like that. And I think that one of the things I'm bringing to it is bridging that gap between just talking about the biology and talking about sort of the interesting law of attraction piece, because they are married. You know, one does not exist without the other. And so for those who are willing to hear that part of the conversation, that's there. But I think, you know, for me, the point I'm really trying to drive home in that film, whether it's uniquely me or not, the look on my face is unique, but is that you can change it. You can change it. You can change it. You know, and that it, if once people really get it, that it's just a matter of sending different conversation to your brain over and over intentional repetition, as opposed to the unintentional repetition that you got for decades of your life. So that first part of the, the, the transformation might be a little uncomfortable. And I know I talk about that in the film. And people don't want to feel uncomfortable, but every other endeavor that we achieved in our life that was worth achieving came with discomfort, learning to to walk and all the falling down and and all of it. Just look at all of it. But you knew you had to get there. Quitting wasn't an option, but somehow when we're talking about personal development or the things we really want in our life, now all of a sudden it has to be easy. It has to be one, two, three steps like they say on TV. Well, it's not like that. You have to, if your circumstances are what they are because of who you're being. If you want different circumstances, you're going to have to be somebody different so that you'll respond to your situations differently, so that you'll make new meaning, see new opportunities, and take new action. So I think that's that's a fingerprint of what I've got in the film. I think. The producer of the film, Doug Vermeeren, is a pretty amazing guy. I interviewed him. Tell us where you met him and what were the circumstances around that? Doug and I met, I think, shortly after The Secret. I think he just reached out. We did an event together. Details are sketchy. It's been a long time. I've known Doug since a while, 2010 at least. Uh Um, And we've just done a number of things together over the years. He's obviously a big proponent of this. He did another film called The Opus, which was, you know, a similar conversation wrapped around a story. And so some of us from The Secret were in that as well. So we've worked together on that project. So you know, it just made sense when he came around now. And I think it's the time for this. I mean, they've got a new secret movie coming out, which is a a fiction thing, which is more callback to the other film. But I think that people are really ready for this next level conversation of like, okay, okay, but how does this really work? You know, and I, and I enjoy the opportunity to be able to ground the conversation a little bit, as much as I enjoy talking the woo woo stuff, because it is fun and it's true in my mind, but you know, it's just, not everybody is receptive to that right now. And I feel like given everything, people don't, right now, people don't want these seemingly airy-fairy magical solutions. They want something tangible, right? And so I think if we can speak in terms of, hey, look, this is tangible. I mean, it's, you know, you still got to understand it, but you're not, we're not asking you, as, I, as we talked about before, to, in, in, to believe in some weird invisible thing that you've never heard of. This is science that you can look at right now that every, it's acknowledged. You uh, are featured in the movie along with Bob Proctor, and he has quite a bit to say. Have you known Bob for a long time? And tell us about about your relationship with Bob. 
Yeah, I think the first time I actually met Bob was again in 2010. So the movie had been out for several years. And I think we were doing an event in San Diego, I want to say. And that was the first time we shook hands and sat at a table and talked. And I've seen him several times since then. Haven't spent, you know, hours talking to him, but I've been around him a lot and we have definitely shared conversation. And it's always, he's always just, he is he, like, you know, you go up to Bob Proctor and start talking about your thing or whatever. And he always just sits there and assesses for a second and says one line that's just like, Ugh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he cuts to the chase that he really, really has incredible wisdom. Yes. And, you know, one of the things that is, his, you know, he carries around the science of getting rich, that book, that's his thing. And that was a book that I think I also, I may have mentioned it in the, in the film, I'm not sure, but that was that book and, and go, revisiting that book after almost 20 years was one of the things that led me to this whole conversation around rewiring and the importance of keeping consistent thought. You know, they don't talk about rewiring and neuroplasticity and the science of getting rich, but there's a lot of conversation around how our thoughts need to be consistent with who we want to be. And we, and that we're always feeding the thinking substance and all of that other stuff. And so, you know, and Bob has been studying that book for 50 years and I thought I had it all figured out after one reading. And then when I, you know, the first time I read it and then I said, it was, it was presented at some event I was at. I thought, I'll read it again. And it just, after teaching it the way I've been teaching it for so long, it landed in a totally different way. And that's, and now it's right here. It's right here with the pages falling out from. Yeah. And it's called Think and Grow Rich, right? No, no. This is the science of getting rich. Okay. It's not because I thought Bob Proctor's book was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill that he talked about all the time. It's science, science of getting rich. The science. You can look it up. And that's by Napoleon Hill? No, this is Wallace D. Waddles. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's 100 years old too, Yeah, but it is, in my mind, it's just all you need to know. And everybody else, we've all just complicated it. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, we tend to do that as humans, don't oh, yeah. we? We tend to complicate sure. everything. We I'm pretty good at that myself. The, yeah, we complicate it and then the personal development industry complicates it by trying to package it up in a thing and it just gets crazy, you know, and, and it's... and. It, it, and because of that, so many people don't even look at it. Yeah. You know, because of how it's packaged up or presented or whatever, people are like, they won't even open their mind to the fact that, man, you can, you can have massive transformation in your life right now. You, all you've got to do is make different meaning out of things that are stopping you from acting in a way that's congruent with where you want to go. You know, and so who do you want to be? That's the simple conversation. And then, you know, a practice of, of being that every day and, and letting the wiring take place. But it absolutely, and look, everybody can look back on their life and see that they have changed who they're being several times. You know, you grow up, you mature, you have a life event, something happened and, and our wiring changes. But we've been up to this point at the most, for the most part, at the mercy of the change, the events of the change and our learned emotional responses to the change to decide who we're being next, not realizing that we get to decide. Because our circumstances create a series of thoughts that then become our wiring. But if that's because we've let our circumstances create the thoughts instead of us doing it. You have the Bob Doyle show. It's on YouTube and I think it's on Facebook and, you know, it's easily found. And you have a great way of being like really light and funny. And at the same time, you have a lot of wisdom to share. But I want to shift the conversation and ask you, is it great having the name Bob? (laughs) 
because it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I never thought it was a funny name, but then I sometimes do teaching in schools and stuff and the kids go, oh, let's call him Bob. And I'm like, okay, why is that funny? But a lot of people think the name is funny, don't they? I, you know, I've, I've never been asked that. And I freaking love that question because I've never considered it, but you know, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Bob is a good, it seems it's, it's endured. It stayed safe. It's just this friendly, hey, it's Bob. Yeah. What about Bob? When that movie came out, that's all I ever hear. Hey, Bob, like, what about Bob? Uh-huh, yeah. But it's still, it's all in this positive, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I got lucky. I'm a Robert, obviously, but my parents said, let's do the Bob thing. Yeah. I was Bob as a baby, which seems weird. I was <laughs> yeah. never Bobby or anything like that. Just Bob, the, where's the There's baby? Bob. The Bob. Right. Bob that's crying? <laughs> yes. Bob took it's his weird, first step. Right? That's right. It's, <laughs> It's pretty weird, but it's, uh, that's what it was. Well, it's good to laugh. I don't think we laugh enough. And uh, I've never laughed much at that name, but a lot of people have. <laughs> well, now I will each and every day. <laughs> oh, will you? Okay. Nah. That's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work in bullying prevention. Have you ever been bullied or have you ever bullied anyone? Have you got a story about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference? I never was personally bullied and I certainly wasn't a bully. I was just kind of a background, you know, my story is that I just always just wanted to avoid trouble. I would try to be the funny kid or whatever. I mean, I always knew I wanted to go into broadcasting or entertainment or whatever. Mm -hmm. I got shut down as class clown early. And, and so I just became quiet. So I didn't get anybody's way and I didn't mess with anybody. So, and, and, but as a parent, I saw it all the time. And, you know, my son was no stranger to it. And then my daughters both went through the mean girl. They had to, they dealt with the mean girls. They were, uh, you know, unfortunately, but fortunately, they weren't the mean girls, but they were always on the receiving end. And they were always so confused by this. Why do people have to be this way? Mm -hmm. And I was the same. It was like, wow, what is this thing with kids being mean? And then, of course, when it escalates to bullying, and I can't even imagine with social media, like, I, I, like I'm speaking of wiring, there's no way I could handle it. Like the kids have been eased into it. They've been wired somehow, but mm -hmm. not to say that it's easier, but oh my God, the potential. I, I like, I can't even imagine. So, you know, I, so I don't have a firsthand experience with it, except for watching like, you know, to the extent that my son dealt with it. And, you know, it, it's kind of like a, if I knew then what I know now kind of thing, but I don't know, I kind of probably would have made all kinds of decisions, get him out of there, you know, whatever I, I would have been just remove the statement. Cause I have, look, you get me down the road of kids and all that. I'm, that's a whole other show, but, yeah. but since, but since we're talking about bullying, I, that's where I go. You know, that's, that's what I'm thinking about. So I don't, I don't have any specific example for you, except that I wish that I could instill that skill set into all kids about making meaning. And look, I think that the reason that people are like that is because of course they've, they've been repressed their, their natural, who they want to be in the world, somebody said no. And that builds up resentment and it shows up in different ways. You know, some people just hide and some people act out. And that happens at different ages, even as adults, when we're told we can't be who we want to be. We get depressed, we get worried, we get angry, and we act out in different ways. And that's, you know, my, my whole belief is that it starts, obviously, as children, because we start so expressed. And then the system squashes that. And we all handle it differently based on our environment and so on. But it's still, you mentioned in my intro why I'm so passionate about self-expression. 
because I feel like it's the lack of that is what is causing most of the problems. People just, they can't, they've got this life and they can't live it. Mm -hmm. They, they, they see all this potential and they see TV and they see what is possible for some people. And they feel like, because they're wired to think, well, this is just how it is for me. And I'm never going to be able to be who I want to be. And so the natural, of course, we're going to be upset. Of course, we're going to go into depression. Of course, we're going to act out and blame and the whole thing. It's, it's, it makes sense. And so it, but it starts with a system that creates young adults that are wired in this way. So it has to go back. And then I think, you know, bullying could be totally eradicated, but, yeah. but, you know, we, we make the kids make the bullies make meaning out of something. It's if, if, if we're talking about teaching bullies mindfulness, I don't know. It's a great question. It's not my area of expertise though, man. Yeah. How have thoughts become things in your life personally? Well, everything, everything, my, the Bob, whatever, I can look around the room and go, this was a thought. This was a thought. This was a thought. This, I mean, everything in my life begins with a thought, you know, that, that I'm, that I intentionally create. And that's how it happens. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, it's just, you have this vision and we take it. So, but even going to the grocery store and, and coming home with what you intended is a result of thoughts becoming things. These thoughts move you into action and there's all these desires and invisible things going on that make you do this and you do it and you've manifested it. It's no different with anything else in your life. You set an intention and you take the action required to bring that to you. And oh, by the way, you don't quit. You don't drive halfway to the grocery store and turn around if you want groceries, right? You keep going. And so again, that's just how we, it's, it's interesting how we do most of our lives, but we don't do it that way just in, when, we, when we reach our desires. But our thoughts, all, they always become things. If we take action, then we hold the thoughts consistently. So I know music is one of your interests, one of your aspects of creativity. Mm -hmm. How does music play a role in your life? Well, again, it is one of my main my favorite modes of creative self-expression. It is one that I don't, it's, it's interesting. The music in particular is like, I will share it with people. I'll post it online or whatever, but my life isn't about sharing my music. It's about just doing it. It's about letting it flow through me. The feeling I get in my body when I'm playing the ukulele or when I'm playing keyboards and it just suits me. Do you know? It's not like, what do you think? It's like, it's, and, and if you like it, that's great. Now, years ago, I wanted everybody to like it. And when they didn't, it bothered me. I thought, well, I got to let go of needing people to like this. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. Right? right. So, so that, that's one thing. And I'm, but I'm also a big frequency person, vibration person. We, I have a whole aspect of my career that is sound healing technology. I'm sitting here looking at a mat that puts, you know, music, uh, sound frequencies through your body when you listen to it. And so I play my music through that and boom, it comes up. It's so there's a lot. Music's a big part of it for me, but it still comes down to that's a piece of me that needs to be expressed. And so I do it. So do you have a story about somebody that you've worked with that you've helped with some of this sound therapy that you do? Well, this is something new. We've just started this over the past few weeks or oh, is it? past few months, yeah. uh, right before COVID. But yes, we've got stories already. We just have people come in here and lay on this thing, basically. When, they, when we you play, say we, who do you mean? Oh, Tracy is my partner in life and business. And that so we know from, we that we know from your show. That's right. She's the one who sits to my left and looks much better. So 
but they just lay on this mat and I've, we've had musicians on here. We've had Tracy's mom on here and all, everybody has a different experience, but Tracy's mom deals with pain, like physical pain, arthritis and things like that. Walks with a cane. Most of the time she laid on this mat for uh, 30 minutes or whatever. And she could not stop talking about how she was pain free. And she walked around without the cane for two months. She slept on it while she was here. So, I mean, it's just like, it's pretty miraculous. And, and I don't even know all of the, you know, like I'm, I wouldn't call myself a sound healer. I couldn't tell you what frequencies are doing what we're just sharing, you know, what is, what is, and we're seeing amazing results with people inspired creativity is just, so I'm a big believer in music and sound uh, vibration in general. And I also think it's just very, it's a very good, it's a way sometimes to explain, well, explain vibration to people who are like, have a problem with it. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. It really is. I know that Mindful Tribe, I know you can check out Bob at his website, meetbobdoyle.com. And you've got something at this meetbobdoyle.com slash rewire, right, Bob? Yeah. So there's, you know, we've been talking about rewiring and if it's, if it's a fairly new concept to people, or if they just kind of want to let it like drive it home a little more because that's really what I want. I re really want people to take it from being a conceptual. Oh yeah, I get it. We're wired like a computer to, okay, we're wired like a computer. I can change this. Right. So this, if they go to meetbobdoyle.com slash rewire, there's a webinar about all of this. You know, it's, it's not like, it's not going to boggle your mind and bend you with science and stuff. That's going to be irrelevant. It's just getting you to see how on autopilot you have probably been and then what you can do to start to change that, you know, so that you can be more intentional and start to grow new neuropathways. So it's just more educational and sort of like now move into action on this in nature. Right. Well, you have this project going on about sound healing. Do you have anything else on the go? Anything else, any other projects or things that you're working on? I do. Uh, Tracy and I, this, the, the sound healing stuff is actually part of another brand that we we're creating called Luscious Living Lifestyle. And it, it's all about making your life sort of more sensual, like acknowledging that, wow, we can hear this and it's really awesome. We can feel this and it's really awesome. This, we can taste this and lighting and just making your life a little bit more luscious. And there's, you know, we've got a, pro, a television program in development here in Las Vegas called Luscious Vegas, where we will eventually feature places that you know, or less just that kind of got stopped too. But, but really, you know, we're, and then we're, you know, we're on a seemingly totally different topic. We are really about helping people in their wellness stuff, because when I coach people, but for a long time, I mean, they can want this and that and the other thing, but if they're not well, it taints everything. Like that's the core. Mm -hmm. So we're helping people detoxify their homes. That's another side project. So there's just lots of stuff, you know, in this, in this sort of in the environment, at least as we're having this conversation where it's, you know, this pandemic and all of this, you know, we're, we're having to look at, well, how can we best serve people now, even if it's not what they know us for? You right? and Tracy like, have probably detoxified your life in a major way. What was the thing that made the most difference? Was it food? Was it chemicals? What, what sort of thing? Right now it's the, we focused on like the household stuff, the chemi yeah. the chemicals, because, you know, we, we do try to keep things clean. And especially now when everybody's trying to keep disinfected, but the, you know, the fumes are freaking terrible in some of this stuff. And so we've yeah. just got totally non-toxic alternatives in there that, that in our mind work better. And so everything about it is, is just now, and some of these things are luscious, which is part of our brand. You know, the soaps, the things we're getting are, are not toxic. They're better. 
and they make us feel, they just make us feel better, which is just, it's just important. People need to take care of themselves, self-care, self-love, all of this, treating yourself nicely in this type of situation. It's super important because too many people are, are going down a negative road right now when there's such an opportunity to go in a different direction. So many options, you know, to make your life situation better, even amidst all of this chaos. Yeah, so well said. Bob, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And the first Don't one worry. is uh, this. I was just going to say just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? Andy Shaw, the author of uh, Creating a Bug-Free Mind and Using a Bug-Free Mind. These are big books, but they speak wonderfully towards the structure of our thinking. It was probably one of the big wake up like, yeah, yeah, you know, what the, the power that thinking is going on. And that, of course, has eventually led me to the conversation I'm in right now. So Andy Shaw, I think, by far grounded this conversation the most for me. Very interesting. And I haven't read his work, so I'll Yeah, look, not many people know about him, but I sure recommend him every time someone asks. Very cool. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Bob? Freedom, uh, freedom. Uh, there were so many areas in my life when I was just reactionary and think, thinking that I have to react this way because look at the situation. Of course, I'm going to react this way. But then when I really got to see, when I became mindful and saw that this was a, only a reaction and that I could choose something else, oh my God, it was like turning off a switch to negative emotion if I wanted to, you know, like where I felt completely out of control. Now I really have it. And that's not to say I don't get triggered and have a negative emotion, but the, the, the lingering of it, the hanging on the, the sense of obligation I have to it, you know, is gone. And so, oh, it's, it's been dramatically like, wow. So how is breathing part of your mindfulness practice? I love breathing. It's one of my very favorites because number one, everybody can do it and it feels really, really great. It really does. I mean, it seems so simple. It seems overly simple, but you know, I'm a fan of breathing to the point of when you really start to feel the oxygenation, when you get that little bit of a tingle, you're not going to pass out, not like that, but like you, your body is woken up. Right. And that is, it just serves as a great reset for your, for all sorts of systems going on in your body. And so it's great for like, if you're, if you're feeling stressed, it helps you metabolize cortisol and all of that stuff, because it just helps you take control again. When you're feeling out of control and people say, breathe, that's for real. But just breathing once and going, and think about it. If you do that, it gives you a little bit of relief. Just the one. Think if you did it 30 times. I mean, until you do it on a regular basis, it's just conceptual again. But to go through that uh, process of getting to that feeling where you go, okay, I think I might a little be a dizzy. Maybe just stop right there and just let your body feel that. Oh, my God and see where your thoughts are. You're probably way more present and way more quiet. And you're thinking about things a lot differently because you've reset all that chaos that got you upset in the first place. You've already recommended a book called Creating a Bug-Free Life. Is that the book you would recommend that's related to mindfulness or is there another one? It's Bug-Free Mind. And yes. Bug-Free Mind. Yeah. And I don't even know that Andy would call his book a mindfulness book, but but in the in terms of what we're talking about, I would call it probably one of the best ones because it will help you learn to be mindful. Oh, I'm very interested in that book. Can you share an app? I know that you've been showing some on your on your show. You've yes. been investigating some different apps. Can you share an app that can help with mindfulness? Well, I like, you know, I, I always recommend Insight Timer as an app 
uh, it's just this huge catalog yeah. of courses and meditations and musical selections and exercises. It's just like, it's, I don't know of anything that is its rival. I mean, it is a subscription thing to get everything or whatever, but if you're into that and you like those tools and you just want to be exposed to some great material, it, it also, of course, has a little timer on there. It can mm -hmm. ding into like, oh yeah, let me check where I'm at right now. Let me check however you want to use it. That if I had to recommend one tool in this conversation, it would probably be that. Yeah, it is a great tool. I use it all the time as well. Yeah. It's really awesome. Well, I know that we can check out your movie and I've got a link I've made available, mindfulnessmode.com slash how thoughts. And you can just go to that website and download the movie. I think it's around $20 or so. And, uh, you know, check it out because it's an excellent movie. I really enjoyed it. And I, I have watched it a number of times. And every time I've watched it, I get something else out of it. What kind of feedback have you had from people who've watched that movie? I think that it's, they're glad that we're having this level of conversation about it. You know, it's just, it's just a next level, practical, implementable, more highly adopt, adoptable, probably by most people. It just, it doesn't, you know, there's, it's just, there's no sense of magical thinking in it, which I think was kind of part of the appeal of the secret. Honestly, people did, they saw the genie in the lamp and they thought, oh, it's good. So they oversimplified it and then the problems began. But, but in this movie, there's not, there's none of that in there. You know, there's not this, again, you don't have to take any of these weird leaps of faith or believe in magic. Yeah, it's very attainable. It's very, you know, it, it seems down to earth and kind of like, oh yeah, I can do this stuff. Yeah. yeah, but it is a practice, you know, I mm -hmm. think that's, that's the reality of this is that, again, we have basically allowed ourselves to be programmed for the first several decades of our lives because we didn't know what was really going on and that we had a choice. Now we know we have a choice. So are you going to make the choice? Because, you know, it's going to be different, you know, and there's going to yeah. be things will change as a result of it. So how committed are, are you to it? And to get committed to it, that's why you take the time to create a really inspiring vision of, of not only what you're going to have and do, but who you're going to be. That's the first thing to know. What's the different, how am I going to be different in the world? And then let that, from that place, you build your vision. Like who, what does that person really want in their lives? Because right now you may want, I just want a million dollars to solve all my problems. But that, but the person you want to become already has all that. So what do they want? Right. And then you start building a vision around that. That's a much better way to do it. Well, I've really enjoyed meeting you and talking to you about your expertise and your wisdom, but let's end with a final Bob Doyle word of wisdom. Well, I, look, I always just like to invite everybody to take on this little tiny exercise the next time, because anyone listening to this now hopefully knows when they get into a negative reaction that it is a program that is running, regardless of how real it seems. If I can get any of you to start noticing when that happens, like just to, to stop for just that instant when you have an upset and go, okay, now I know I'm basically making a choice. Am I going to go the old way because it's familiar and easy and I'm right on this and I am going to show them? Or am I going to make a choice that's consistent with who I'd really like to be in this situation where maybe it doesn't either happen in the first place or I certainly handle it differently and feel better on the other side of it? What would that person do? And in that moment, you have a choice to do that thing or go back the old way but you can't unknow what I've said. So the challenge is to, to start to allow yourself to catch yourself and be your own coach to the extent that you can 
and know that, wow, I could make a choice right now. How strong is my resolve to make, to, to, to have things different? Yeah, that's so important. How strong is my resolve? Because you can truly make a difference. Bob, it's been great. Thank you so much for being here. And I just wish you all the best in your, your work that you're excited about doing with Tracy. That's awesome. Likewise, Bruce. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, my pleasure. Bye now. Mindful Tribe, I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you did, please tell your friends about the show. Every person who subscribes and listens helps our show. So in the meantime, take what you heard today and reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode 